0: Hi everybody, I'm Jason Davis of the Nerd Brand Podcast, the branding and marketing from a nerd's point of view, where we talk about, well, branding and marketing. So we do this on Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's a part of some other franchise chain that escapes my memory at the moment. But it was the exact same logo mark. <laughs> and I was like, there's nothing, oh! There's nothing going under the sun. Yeah. So lots of things hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like world of branding yeah i was like somebody didn't just google
1: (laughs) (laughs) step one in brand establishment google it see if it's already there
0: (laughs) um so happy friday everybody welcome to the nerd brand podcast We're back. I'm Jason. That's Mitch. That's John. And we welcome back down to Richardson from Sunrush. Hey. (laughs) So... Oh, got plenty of stuff there previously for the cold open, so I think we're all good. And we were just chatting about The Crown and Netflix, and I just started watching Downton Abbey. That's right. I'm in season two now. That's how far behind I am. One day. I'll watch <laughs> you haven't
1: show. even seen the movie yet. They came out with a movie.
0: Really? There's yes, a movie.
1: Downton Abbey movie.
0: <laughs> how do you do a movie on this? Like, This is like, you know, I don't want to... It's not boring, but it's not exactly movie- <laughs> stuff like if you just it is netflix really interesting i mean you can pretend it's a movie you just keep watching it on netflix each
1: episode is like an hour and a half anyway so
0: yeah yeah i mean i (laughs) i really love the show sherlock with you know benedict cumberbatch yeah Uh, but uh you know the stuff like that i i I really like and i don't know i was just like bored i mean there's not really much right now on netflix there's something coming out july 3rd but um i don't know that's all I got. I was like, well, I'm paying for this. I better watch something on it.
1: <laughs> we resorted to watching some of the classics during the pandemic. So like my boyfriend and I, we, we watched Cheers, which I had never seen all the way through and is awesome. And Isn't it? You, Isn't it? It's so good. And it is still really relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a heck of an ensemble cast. And what else did we, we were just trying something else. We're really into Dr. Pole right now because we have the Disney Channel. But um, <laughs> But yeah, we do. Like, we started like all the classic. Oh, we're watching Dallas. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Now, the old one or the new one?
1: The old one. <laughs> oh, the wow. Old
2: one. Wow. It's now, they're, so they're, good. There's a time. Like,
1: oh, my God. I am so There's intrigued. a
2: time capsule for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Of you course, like, I did
1: watch that one was, when it was on live, because I don't even think I was, like, born when it was on, but, like, it it's ouch. so, it's so good.
0: <laughs> ouch. So I rem- the guy that just stated earlier, like, oh, I was around before the internet, and I remember this in advertising. Like, all right. right? I was around, I- like,
1: when the internet was just getting started, so, now, I mean, gosh. I am that old. <laughs> well,
0: I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I remember 94 when everybody was like, oh, there's this thing called email, and, and I was like. Yeah. All right. It
1: took forever. You'd have to like click and like I would go downstairs and like get a snack and come back up and (laughs) the webpage was halfway loaded. And yeah, but then it was so cool. And then chat rooms and oh, yeah.
0: John's got some nerd news or not, sorry, the brand bit. You know, I'm like, all this. It's all the same. Yeah. Well,
2: interchangeable.
0: Yeah, it's interchangeable, (laughs) but it kind of ties into what we were starting and talking about with Netflix. I was very surprised. I kind of glanced over the notes and I saw it and I was like, what? um well john take it away man well to give
3: proper credit it's from a newsletter called charter which i subscribed to like a month ago and it's like a a data centric data storytelling newsletter you guys should check it out and listeners should check it out it's it's a charter but without the e at the end um so it's just c-h-a-r-t-r and it's uh i get i send an email like every i don't know maybe once a week and it's Got some really nice charts and just kind of breaks down popular culture but in a data oriented way but this one was about netflix and disney plus and the setup was kind of like of course everybody's been chasing netflix with these these streaming platforms having seen you know the last eight years or so netflix just take the world by storm then the, the pandemic happened so you got disney plus and uh paramount plus and all these other you know organizations launching their streaming platforms And we know Disney makes a ton of their money, or at least it gets a ton of their credibility from uh, apparel sales and selling toys and things like that. Um,
1: Theme parks.
3: Yeah, yeah. And Netflix has, the the big news is that Netflix has launched an e-commerce store to sell like branded materials of their properties. Um, It's netflix.shop is what they've launched. There's not a whole lot on there right now. but And what they do have is our titles and properties that I'm not even... Aware of which, I'm probably not the best arbiter of <laughs> what's what's current, and what's out there on the on the the Netflix sphere. But uh, it's an interesting development that they're kind of, you know, taking something out of Disney's playbook, and Disney's taking something out of their playbook lately of trying to. They're going in different directions, and uh, there was something in the newsletter about theme parks, and that might be Netflix's next.
1: Okay, I know. was going to ask. <laughs> well, focusing on like
3: way. experiences and things like that. <clears throat> So that's cool. That's a big one.
1: So sorry, in Virginia, we have a theme park um, that is movie themed. And uh, I've only been out of Virginia for a year. And now I can't even remember what it's called. But it was only like an hour and a half away from me. And it was all movie themed. So I could see Netflix doing something like that. Oh, King's Dominion. That was what it's called. Um, And it's all movie themed. Like they had um, yeah. long story short. It's movie themed. <laughs>
2: I think King, King's, I think King's Dominion, at least at one time, was in the same family of theme parks as Kings Island, which is in maybe Cincinnati. I think.
1: Okay. Sure. So right, at one time they were. themed.
2: Yeah. Well, at, at one time I don't know if it's the Tatan is still there, but they were part of. They were associated with like Hanna Barbera. Yeah. And all yeah. the Hanna Barbera characters in the park and things like that, so they were <clears throat> maybe loosely studio themed yeah. at one point. Of course. A lot of these theme parks, you know, like uh, Six Flags, have gone through different iterations in their lifetime because Six Flags was Warner Brothers, oh. affiliated for a long time. I mean, it, it, it there used to be a Six Flags here in Louisville, and you could they had one section of the park that was revolved around Batman, which mm-hmm. was a nerd, but I thought was very cool. Uh-huh. The, the other thing that's interesting about the Netflix merchandising thing is, it's it's kind of a shame and made probably a missed opportunity that they didn't launch this when they while they still had the Marvel, some of the Marvel properties under their umbrella, like uh because mm. Daredevil was so popular. thinking the merchandise they could have yeah.
1: I think that's actually the perfect piece of news for e-commerce SEO topic today, that Netflix yep. of all brands is launching an e-commerce store. <laughs> <so>. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I know. And it, it does seem a little late given that, you know, during the <laughs> pandemic, D2C went just through the roof as far yeah. as far far as that goes so it's almost like they're doing it like after all of that so i don't know but they're netflix they tend to like don't worry about trends and things like that anyways they just do stuff
2: you know what's interesting and i don't know if this falls completely in line with you know e-commerce seo necessarily but it's it's kind of an interesting tangent was i mean talking about e3 and video games and the fact that a lot of the publishers now they're trying to steer the audiences toward going like downloadable Mm -hmm. versus going to a store like a GameStop and actually buying a hard hard copy. I'm a big fan of hard copies of anything, but that's off the <laughs> point. But anyway, um that's e-commerce in and of itself because you're trying to get people to engage and to make their purchase online. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy game, all the major platforms like PS4 and 5, the Xbox, et cetera, et cetera, you're gonna be able to buy the physical game. With Nintendo for the Switch, it's gonna be you you be able to get it through uh download. Mm-hmm. You're, so you're not going to go. Sense. You won't go buy a physical. You won't go buy the physical game.
1: But that makes sense for the different device types, right? Because the Switch is, you know, substantially smaller. Yes. And I mean, I, I mean, it's you know the iPad of video game consoles, right? It's meant to be in your hand. And oh,
2: well, it does both. It's it that's it. It crosses both. Yeah, it can
1: sync up with you. You can connect
2: it to a television, TV. or you can do it handheld. Right.
1: I think just the like the. The format Would of it be. in and of itself makes sense for downloadable things. Versus, I mean, and I think they're also by creating. Well, if you think about the audience that really loves, like Guardians of the Galaxy, is very nostalgic, anyways. And then now we're, and then you know, there's so many people like you, Mitch, that love the hand, like love the hard copies. And so I think, like the audience from an audience targeting perspective, they're they're really keeping in mind those kinds of characteristics of the people that are actually playing their games where the right. people playing on the switch a little bit younger used to downloading apps and things like that where us who might be playing guardians of the galaxy on whatever console it might be we loved we loved blowing in our in our nintendo games like we did that's what we did <laughs> and um why do we do that it, made them was. Work. Yes.
0: <laughs> it was magic it made them work All of us had the cartridges. All of us would put the cartridge in the machine and it would not turn on. And, you know, yeah, as our developer says, you turn it off and repent, turn it back on. Uh, Part of that, yeah, part of that repent. I like that. Blow on the thing and then put it back in. Um, I remember that. Thanks for that, Dan. That just took me way back into my childhood right there. (laughs) I remember a couple of cartridges I got mad at and I just tossed them um duck hunt i hate that dog
2: anyway <laughs> that's me
1: the worst
2: No, no dogs were harmed in the in the production of this no, podcast
0: weren't, weren't. Uh, classic game though that'll probably give you seizures though because it just does a lot of flashing um Anyway, wow, we're just chasing things around all over the place. So anyway, something to kind of episode. Yeah, something I wanted to hit on because you actually had this on another podcast, and I can't remember the name of the podcast. I would plug it, uh, but you guys talked about like how organic SEO is not free. Basically, like there was been this perception that over the years we've kind of possibly shot ourselves in the foot by talking about organic and organic to the consumers' ears has been ah oh, free and yeah, and it's yeah. not. <laughs>
1: right so that was, that was i was on uh morty Oprenstein's uh podcast the seo rant podcast uh because we were ranting about budget expectations and yeah how you don't want to even cheap out even on the free traffic
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <Not>
1: free <laughs> someone has to do it
0: <laughs> yeah there's 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 hours involved like uh we had jason menard with us on our show uh a couple weeks ago and um yeah, jason. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it was wonderful having him there because I mean, the way he, did, he broke down and explained things about how Google works, and what it's looking at, you, you started to get the sense and he just flat said it, it took him three months to clean up what he had online. It took it's taken us six months to clean up NerdBrand because, you know, the further back you go in the interwebs, the, the longer you got to start digging things out and cleaning up what you look like. I mean, NerdBrand was a podcast in 2016. So, yeah, we, John is always like, hey, Jason, do you have a login to fix this feed? Because it was syndicating to the old show. It's got old episodes. That's not us anymore. It's not even our logo. So, you know, yeah, it takes a lot of work. I mean, and that's sort of the thing. It's like, yeah, you want that organic traffic, but, you know, you got to tell Google, like, who you are and what you do. But you also yeah. have
1: to tell people. So, you know, John c- kind of wanting to fix the feed is a user experience issue, too, because now you're re- misdirecting people who want to be engaged with you and you're misdirecting them so there's not just a google element there it's a user experience
0: yeah i mean if you're trying to make money online in e-commerce that's a really bad problem
1: <laughs> or them to your products for sale that's for sure <laughs>
0: yeah because people will find the product where they want it they are not really <laughs> going to worry about you know who it is they're getting it from if they're that's all they care about um, so that kind of brings the second point that I had is a website is not just a website. OMG, we are still saying this today as marketers.
1: <laughs> oh. And we may have touched on this the last time too, where we were talking about how the website like bridging that mind gap that a website is an extension of your business and how that does not exist anymore. Your website is your business, like you Just if you have a brick and mortar, your website is your brick and mortar now, like everyone shops online, I don't care who you are, we are always shopping online so the energy and time you put into building a great space like in person space needs to go into your website and um, because that's that is where people shop. That is where people research and, you know, it's almost easier because before, when you were just, when we just had in-person shopping options, it was so difficult to know if you were getting the right price, if this product was well-received, if it was a quality product. And now we have all of that at our fingertips in one place and, um, you know, just creates this environment where we have so many options, but you, so you have to take value in that. It's not an extension. It's not an accessory. It, it is your business.
2: Yeah, you have to treat, kind of, it with that, treat it with that same attention to detail, and keeping in mind the again everything always it, everything goes back to user experience, and user experience is more than just how pretty your site is, and does it does it make people want to click this button? Yeah. User experience is it it extends so much further than that. I think. It, yeah. Well, what, John, what you some just great said. analogies for this?
0: Because John is usually not the guy in our organization that comes up with analogies that I think hit the mark, you know, that's usually my ground, but John, you said something about like how they, you know, you can't, when it comes to get a website, can't buy a Ferrari just to what? See if you remember this just to get to the bus stop. I mean,
3: it's kind of come (laughs) up. It's like, I don't know. There's this expectation or, or this view of what your website can do for you that it's supposed to present you a credible, it's supposed to give you authority. And then a lot of people stop right there because that's a very valid, you know, explanation of why have a website why make a good website it does give you that credibility and authority when somebody hits it but it can do so much more than that and so if you're going to go to the links of getting something like a custom wordpress website for example you're kind of buying like to to some extent you're buying like the ferrari of, of web design and development and if all you're doing is trying to check one or two little boxes it's almost like the equivalent of spending However much a bunch of Ferrari costs these days, just to drive a few blocks to get to the bus stop and then take the bus to work, it's like, wow, <laughs> what's the point? Like, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna have fun with the Ferrari, if you're not gonna use it to its full extent, uh, why spend so much money? Why bother to begin with?
1: And I, but I think the opposite also applies too, because if you, you're, you know, as business owners, you're clearly invested in making this a success. So why would you cheap out on that? Why would you buy? You know, the 1995 Honda Civic that has 217,000 miles on it just to go to the bus stop. Because there's, if you're not going to put in the care and the focus on something like that, then just, just stay offline (laughs) because it's not going to work and you're going to be frustrated and it's not going to be a success because you, and that was so, that was part of what Morty and I were talking about with the free traffic and the expectations around seo being free traffic and that if you don't invest in seo you are you're only going to get half the results and you can't buy more results with a bigger budget but you can buy better ux you can buy stronger uh, content you can you have you have the budget to so get the custom wordpress site built and create an online experience that mirrors your in-person experience and i think i think if i'm looking into my crystal website ball here i think that is the future of websites because everyone has one now now we need to create that virtual online experience for our audiences and not just easy navigation and nice professional pictures Um, And keywords that got you to rank it needs to be as if you are going to the store and you know brands and businesses need to think about what that means for them and. When someone takes the time to come into your physical location, what can they expect there, why did they make that decision and how can you replicate that and. yeah. I have a really great example, actually. I used to work at the, um, where I used to work before SEMrush, I worked for this wonderful uh, branding and creative agency. And we actually worked with this sunflower maze. It was a farm and each year they grew sunflowers and it was a beautiful and it was fun and it was family friendly and you were outdoors. And they loved having the pictures, you know, of the sunflowers, but they created such an engaging social media experience that it's like, it's like one of the most incredible Facebook pages I've ever had the pleasure of working on because they just, they, we were able to replicate the, the attraction of going to this maze on Facebook and engage people that way. And that's how people need to think about their websites and their social media too. I think in the future, because
2: exactly Google,
1: Google doesn't buy from you, it's people.
2: That yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need you need to you need to mimic as much as you possibly can, and and highlight the positive aspect that people will will like about engaging with your physical presence on that website. You Absolutely. you have to you have to give them if at least a taste, at least enough of a taste that they can anticipate. I'm going to have. A, a fulfilled version of this. If I need to go to their physical location,
1: yeah. If you don't have
2: a physical, if you don't have a physical location, it's even more. You you've got to do even more. You have to create a completely positive, completely engaging experience right there. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: but when you get a website, and I'm going to try to not be too techy with this. Um, so you get a physical location. I'm going to go down the analogy path here, but I'm not going to do Ferraris and bus stops because um, that's a good one. We're saving that for later, no matter what, anyway. Um, so
2: it's right out there with gumball machine. It really is. That's another one that
0: the John, <laughs> John, John's building axioms right now in his library over the world last year and a half. That's my job. Yeah, he's taking it. <laughs> um, but no, it's like, so you go out, if, if business owners, I think if they put an, the amount of effort that they put into getting a physical location and researching how much square footage they need now and they think they will need in five years. Um, in revenue to cover that growth and expansion and all that if there was that much effort, I think, put into their website and their brand. They would be a lot happier with the results, because what, what happens is imagine a world where your website, like you said it's a front door, It is your it is your business now. But you kind of chanced on the hosting and you kind of got a solution that's one of those overnight do-it-yourself things. I mean, we talked about turnkey websites on our blog and, you know, you've kind of done this, okay, and you got like, oh, I got it, it's up and running. Well, the problem is it's up and running, but as your business grows, as more people show up, you got a brick and mortar building that doesn't have the capacity that meets the fire code and you have to tell people, I can't let you in, which sounds like great. Well, they will just be in a line outside. Yeah, that's not how the web works. Now they're just going someplace where there isn't a line. Exactly. Uh, So the thing about that is, is that that has directly to do with the technology you've decided to use to build your site on. It's not a WordPress problem, by the way. Um, That is a server, hardware, whatever it is that you're deciding to put WordPress on because WordPress is self-hosted, you can put it anywhere. but that those resources and what you're thinking about for your infrastructure uh this kind of gets into it a little bit but those that's very important because traffic is like we talk about traffic in seo but in web it's like well it's bandwidth you know we just don't have the bandwidth of that site to handle this many people logged in making edits this many people visiting and researching product and checking out and if they have a bad experience and the, the site times out and white screen of death occurs on your website where they're trying to pay for that thing they really wanted, they're gonna get mad and they're gonna go someplace else and you're never getting them back. And so it's really taking the time to plan out and being very optimistic with it. And it's really hard because sometimes this happens pre-revenue, but you gotta be really optimistic almost to a delusional point as a business owner that I'm going to spend the money on this for this site, for the brand, for the infrastructure that's going to be there, because I believe what I'm doing is going to work. And I'm going to be here in five to 10 years. And if I do it right here, I don't have to worry about the headaches and the expense that will be 10 times that, plus all the blind costs, all the blind lost revenue that I can't measure and I will never see that should scare the crap out of anybody that runs a business. Uh, that all happens because at the beginning, the foundation wasn't really thought out. If that makes sense.
1: That's no, that's a really good point. And I think especially, I think just websites in general don't, because it's not the copy, it's not the image, you know, the images on the site, the behind the scenes architecture is, is very difficult for business owners who are not uh, website builders, uh, you know, um, to think about, but you're right. Like it's, it's very short-sighted to do the quick and easy if you have, and not invest in the long-term, um, quality tech, because you really do need something that's agile because you, without being a tech person, you know, the internet changes on a minute by minute basis and having an agile framework, something that can be flexible and, you know, mobile with your changing business needs. And then the, and then switching, you know, prioritizing mobile. That wasn't a thing five years ago. That just happened, like, that happened in the last five years. But if you had an, you know, a really outdated framework, it was really hard for you to jump on the, this mobile initiative. Um, and it's all built in now, but it wasn't like that five, six years ago. Yeah. And then, and then I was going to say something else. Oh, I was going to say, though, too, you know, don't, don't let these, this scare you, though, too, because Poor frameworks and poor UX happen to the biggest brands. And I'm I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give a real life example and bless their hearts. They're a wonderful business, but they have a terrible UX, and that is Ticketmaster.
3: <laughs>
1: mm. I was um, I my uh my boyfriend and I we live here in Texas and I got him Cowboys tickets for his birthday. And I was trying to buy them the day they went on sale and I went through Ticketmaster three times and it said it could not complete my transaction on my MacBook, my very updated MacBook. And so I had to I switched computers. I came onto my work computer and it let me do it there. But like
2: what <inaudible> <laughs> Ticketmaster, t- 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 what's interesting <inaudible> I is I Ticketmaster take a Lincoln- pen- of what you just did, Diana that
0: what because what? that's really like that's a great right? that's a meme. That that needs to be like you have one job. <sighs> You have one job and
2: yes. that's the yes. so tickets. <laughs> but see, the t- ticketmaster's been notorious for this kind of thing, though. I mean, since before people were buying things, buying tickets online. I mean, it's just even when it was phone based, for some reason, they have never had an infrastructure in place yes. for selling their product that was user friendly. Ever. Uh, Ever. They Ever. don't
3: have to. That's the that's the beauty of having a semi-monopoly.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, you're monopoly. right. No, you're right. You're right. People yeah. have been complaining about this for as long as there have been concerts, I think. Not but the beauty. Well, maybe it. not that far, but... That
1: of online that's ticket sales for concerts.
0: <clears throat> but that feeling of frustration, imagine that against your own brand if you're out there listening. Imagine that feeling about you and your brand online.
1: That's right. horrible.
0: You know, you don't really want that. And there's ways to figure out if that's the case. Um you do testing,
1: yeah. Ticketmaster. You do testing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you do some it was
1: upgraded macbook <laughs> like they say I guess, no, they, you know my desktop from a million years ago okay maybe you don't doesn't work with my browser or whatever at the time but literally it's an almost brand new macbook
0: <laughs> i've had people say to me like can you put a notice on the website to recommend that they use this specific browser and i'm like well if you have to do that you did it wrong
1: yeah um, those days
0: are over folks yeah i mean it used to be back in the day we would do development and we would optimized for the low-end low user. When I say optimized, I don't mean SEO. I just mean like site performance for page okay. to load. The tech stuff. The content. Yeah, all the techy stuff. And uh, by the way, the low-end user was anybody running IE 7 or 8. Yeah. And this is, where, this is like 2010. So this is not that long ago. That was not a thing in 2010. They were already on like 11 or something for IE. Mm-hmm. But IE did not die because of people like me because we kept making websites and making sure they were backwards compatible for those two things <laughs> of <on the> a <laughs> browser. And, you know, it kind of came out later. That's what happened. Cause then they were like, Oh, we we'll are just drop support. It was like, well, yeah, well, yeah. Stop making sites for things that don't work anymore. I mean, nobody's building a website that only works on an iPhone 3G yes. um, or talking on one for crying out loud. So, I mean, you know, it's sort of like the, you don't, you've got to think about, yeah, low end users, but when we do it, we think about it like, you know, we understand that, in you know, PCs are still prevalent amongst businesses because of IT mm-hmm. firms. Um, we know that work from home situations, not everybody's got a high speed internet connection in the way that a business pays for so things have had to change and now if it comes back around the other way web can actually start i think there'll be more innovations because the optimization for the hardware and for the connections are there now because your home internet connection is made for online shopping and watching netflix you know it's not really it's not really made anymore for like and you may have a voip system you'd be talking through it on the phone if you got one of those quote unquote bundles or whatever but at the end of the day the home internet services were not really for business. And they've kind of had to become that with all the work from home. So there's, that's a piece that I don't think anybody thinks about really. And um, that kind of ties into infrastructure and all that getting updated. So web's about to get really fast. Uh, If your website isn't prepared for any of that, if your brand's not prepared for any of that, you're in a really bad position. (laughs) I'm not trying to scare anybody, but you just are, (laughs) you just, you just are, Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of heartbreaking stories this week, meeting a lot of people, talking to a lot of business owners. I mean, they've spent tens of thousands of dollars on things that, you know, they're coming to us and they, I had the one thing like, oh, but none of, some of my web pages don't have a meta description. And I'm like, that's eh, not, that's not what's important. And, you know, it's like there's a bunch of other problems. And unfortunately, the money's already been spent because they kind of bought into, you know, some of these codeless design service platforms that i will i'm struggling to hold behind my teeth and not name because i hate them Um, and you know because what happens is is that you want to look like the polished professional site online that's that's your vision in your head whatever that looks like for everybody because it's different for everyone and you have this vision of your product being on there and it being successful But the platform, you don't know, really. I mean, you're going to a website that's telling you, like, you can lay this out. You can do this. You can do that. And I think that's probably the problem. It's saying you. And agencies are kind of made to help with that. They have internal teams that do strategy. They're a part of that foundation I was talking about earlier. Um, I just wish there was a way to convince that more.
1: (laughs) No, they're the ones that have the experience because they've worked with multiple websites sites at this point, right? So when you, by the time you get to the agency, they've had their hands in lots of varieties of sites and they've made mistakes and they've failed and they've learned. So you're also paying for like that experience, which is only gonna help you not make those same mistakes. So there's so much value in finding an agency that you really, really trust be, and that you can collaborate with because it's it's a team effort to express that vision, but then on the agency yeah. side, it's interpreting that vision, but also making sure you are with the best technology and creating the user funnels and creating that architecture that is going to lead to conversions, which is the goal of the website. So it it's very valuable to, to make that connection with an, with an agency from that standpoint.
0: Uh, tell the people where they can find you just in case they missed it on the first episode
1: with us. Yeah, no problem. So you can find Sumrush all over uh, social media, including TikTok. We are on TikTok now. <laughs> and we are Rush across the board. Um, we, we actually just had, I don't know when this is going to air, so I, I won't date this, but we just recently launched a whole new um re-engineering of our backlinks uh, analytics tool suite it's all five tools in one it's pretty spectacular if you are in the backlinking part of your seo journey um i am on linkedin and twitter you can just linkedin my search i was gonna say google my name on linkedin but that didn't make sense so you can linkedin my name diana richardson i have a wine glass next to my name and i am diana rich013 on twitter
0: yep and then to kind of shamelessly plug ourselves you can go to nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast check out this episode of the podcast and go to youtube like subscribe click the bell get the latest uh episode <laughs> notification do the youtube things guys out there and gals just do those things for us uh, we would love to get um a, a vanity earl we're still trying to get that we're just we're young we're new only been for a year and a half so you know uh, but you can also probably go to nerdbrandagency.com/sumrush if we can do that, and then uh, you can actually uh, get you get you an account with them and check out this new tool, and you know, and then call John or talk email because. <laughs> talk to Diana. Yeah, and then you know, because yeah, yeah there's
1: who works at Rush. Yeah, <laughs> <And> that's <then>, right, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, all the introductions will happen, and you'll 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 actually have a real SEO or ginger marketing plan going. So that's kind of what we want to help you with. So, all right, well, thanks everybody for listening to the show. Thank you, Diana, for being with us, and we'll tell everybody out there. Remember, keep your nerd brain strong.